0: Monday, May 2nd, 2022. This is the Link NKY Daily Podcast. I'm Matt Spaulding, and these are the headlines we're following today. Veterans Group calls on senators to act on the pact in support of toxic exposure bill. Danielle Robinson recalled the countless hours in the emergency room and hospitals across Ohio. None of the doctors or nurses ever knew the best course of treatment for her husband's unusual symptoms and many side effects. I slept for months on a love seat so I could take care of him 24 hours, Robinson said. Our nights consisted of him puking at the same time blood was pouring out of his nose and trying to help him breathe with putting his nasal cannula in his mouth. Trying to help him be able to just make it through the night. Our young daughter happened to find her superhero daddy lying on the bathroom floor in a pool of blood one morning. He was gasping for air and he begged her to get mommy, Robinson said. Our daughter ran and hid under the table shouting, Why is this happening to him? We tried to shield her from seeing so much trauma, but living in the same house, it isn't always possible. So I'm asking you, senators, would you want to see your loved one struggling and suffering like this? Robinson said all of this could have been prevented. She said she fought the VA for benefits, medications, testing, hospice care, and caregiver benefits while trying to take care of her loved one in the last months, weeks, days, and hours. She went through filling out pages of paperwork, saying she knew they would get denied just to appeal the process and get rejected again. Our focus should be on our loved ones during these final hours, Robinson said. The benefits should be automatic. You shouldn't have to fight and be an advocate for your soldier who's come home and has now fallen ill from burn pit exposure. Robinson said three nights before they put him in hospice care, Heath told her he didn't know how to give up. I held Heath in my arms on our family room floor underneath him for seven hours on his last night, Robinson said. I told him he was a great dad, a great friend, husband, family member, and a great soldier. I told him he fought, he accomplished as much as he could. I told him you did good. Robinson called upon Senator McConnell, Brown, and Portman at the Disabled American Veterans event held in Erlinger on April 29th to support toxic exposure legislation. She spoke on behalf of her husband, Army veteran Heath Robinson, who died from burn pit exposures. Heath Robinson and the rest of his brothers and sisters are sick and slowly dying, and they need your help now, Robinson said. How is this happening in America? You want to support and thank veterans? Vote yes on honoring our PACT Act. Anything less is a disgrace, and frankly, it is inhumane. Comedian and television host Jon Stewart was a guest speaker at the event. They slept next to metals and toxic waste and fecal matter that was lit on fire with jet fuel and diesel, Stewart said. The smoking gun in this situation is literally smoking guns. Stewart has been an advocate for veterans and the PACT Act and 9-11 first responders. We honor their service and sacrifice at football games and discounts at Denny's, and we think we've done our jobs as Americans and as patriots, Stewart said. We've done nothing of the sort. The event called on the veteran community, fellow Americans, and U.S. Senators to support the PACT Act to help multiple generations of veterans suffering from exposure to toxic chemicals such as Agent Orange, contaminated water, and burn pits. Agent Orange was a herbicide mixture used by the U.S. military during the Vietnam War. According to AspenInstitute.org, much of it contained a dangerous chemical contaminant called dioxin. Illnesses connected to Agent Orange are bladder cancer, hyperthyroidism, Parkinson-like symptoms, and high blood pressure, affecting an estimated 83,000 veterans. Much like Agent Orange in Vietnam, burn pit exposure has become synonymous with combat in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other countries to which American troops deployed following 9-11, according to DAV.org. Since then, millions of veterans and service members have potentially been exposed to areas of open air, uncontrolled combustion of trash, and other waste. The ubiquitous practice caused toxic substances to fill the air where American troops have served, sparking a host of long-term health consequences. The PACT Act addresses the toll toxic exposure takes on veterans, from difficulty breathing to cancer and death. The legislation would provide health care, establish presumptive diseases, and create a new framework for veterans exposed to toxic materials during their service. The act passed the House of Representatives on March 3rd of this year. The Senate will vote on it in the coming weeks. The VA has publicly said they support the honoring of our PACT Act. The President of the United States has said he will sign it into law if it passes. DAV Deputy National Legislative Director Shane Learman said, So that means it has to come through the Senate. That's why we're here. Speakers at the event repeatedly called upon U.S. Senators Mitch McConnell and Rand Paul from Kentucky and Robert Jones Portman and Sherrod Brown from Ohio. Stewart said when the PACT Act passed, the House of Representatives, 174 Republican congressmen and women, voted against it. Stewart said they are nine Republican senators away from passing the bill regional representative for Senator Sherrod Brown, Mike King, was in attendance and spoke at the event on behalf of Sherrod Brown. Our country has a duty to ensure that all veterans are able to get the quality, affordable VA care they earned and they deserve. King read the remarks from Senator Brown. The Honoring Our PACT Act is the most comprehensive toxic exposure bill ever voted on, and it would impact nearly 3.5 million American veterans that have been exposed today. A representative for Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America, Caitlin Petrick said 90% of the 3.5 million American veterans exposed to burn pits and other toxins believe that they already have or may have symptoms as a direct result of that exposure. Corey Titus, representing the Military Office Association of America, spoke at the event on behalf of Amelia Stanley. Stanley is the surviving spouse of Major Jason Stanley, a retired Air Force special operations pilot. Last month, he passed away from glioblastoma a type of cancer that can occur in the brain and spinal cord. Titus said Stanley did not recognize that his headaches and nosebleeds were symptoms of a much deeper health issue. Stanley suffered his first seizure in June of 2021. His cognitive abilities declined soon after that. They found confusion, gaps, and delays getting into the VA system and receiving the care that Jason deserved from his service, Titus said. Once Jason's claim was submitted in December of 2021, the VA granted his claim in just over three months on February 12th of this year. This case was fortunately expedited and we're grateful for that, but we can do much better for our veterans, Titus said. It should not have been his responsibility to note the service from Iraq, Afghanistan, Djibouti, and Uzbekistan put him at greater risk for illness from burn pit exposure. Without Amelia Stanley's help, Titus said that Stanley would have been incapable of doing the work to get his medical appointments scheduled, coordinated, transported, or get a claim filed. Amelia had to rig up equipment to get Jason in and out of bed, turning their bedroom into a makeshift hospital, Titus said. Instead of having hospice and caregiver support to the VA for the last several months of Jason's life, his son Harrison quit his job as an archaeologist in Columbus to come home to help his family. Jason was granted service connection, but delays from not having a simple process caused unnecessary struggles in his final days. And he's not alone. Nearly 80% of claims are denied by the VA. IA VA Representative Hetrick said, there had been some concerns over the VA's capacity to handle the number of claims because of this legislation and how there could be a considerable wait time due to the backlog. I would say that waiting in a line that has a destination is much better than waiting for something that doesn't exist, Hedrick said. All of this just to say we must pass the PACT Act now. It is disrespectful to ask our service members to fight for this country and then turn our backs on them when they come home and start to feel the effects of that fight veterans who experienced burn pit exposure spoke at the event to attest their encounters. Marine Corps veteran Cody Esperanza served two tours in Iraq. His first tour was in Iskandaria in Iraq. He recalls the tents they lived in where between a power plant bordering the Euphrates River and a burn pit where they staged their Humvees. Esperanza said they didn't think much of it at the time until they got home. Some of his friends started coming down with different illnesses. It's hard talking about when you lose somebody that survived fighting over there to come home and to be taken by something like that, Esperanza said. Esperanza said he suffers from chronic cough issues, though he said who knows what could be next. This isn't just about Marines in Iraq. The people that fought in the Iraq-Afghanistan war, Esperanza said, it's about all of us, for Vietnam veterans and everybody else that served. But hopefully, my story gives somebody some hope that this act will pass and that we won't have to worry about going to the VA and having to file claims to get what we need to survive. Marine veteran Michael Goodman was in attendance representing the Wounded Warriors Project. He served five deployments from 2003 to 2009. During that time period, we were exposed to everything. We did our job, our mission, to answer our nation's call, Goodman said. Goodman remembered blue barrels of death being in the area. Not knowing what was in them, he said they just kept pushing to complete their missions. On his way to the DAV Center to get to the event, Goodman said he drove behind a dump truck hauling asphalt and noticed the smoke coming off. But Goodman said he is aware of the OSHA standards, environmental protection agency, and emissions controls in the U.S. When we are overseas, we don't have that, Goodman said. You don't have somebody protecting us over there. We just have each other. So thinking about that, if we could protect the people here in the United States, how can we protect us, my brothers, my sisters, who are fighting overseas? Army veteran Tim Hughes was exposed to burn pits used to dispose of all wastes, including toxic substances, while serving in the Persian Gulf. He spoke on behalf of Burn Pitts 360. Hughes carries a portable oxygen tank with him wherever he goes. Hughes started experiencing breathing problems soon after he returned to the U.S. He would pass out for what he thought was no reason. He visited numerous hospitals and doctors. He had tests, x-rays, CAT scans, and MRIs done. No one could figure out what was wrong with him. Hughes said that the Iraq army stated that they set wells full of toxins on fire to kill American soldiers for decades. He was also exposed to those wells. Not only was I poisoned by my enemy, I was also poisoned by our own government, Hughes said. He filed his first claim four years after he was in the Air Force. After Hughes filed, it took 25 years to get his first service connection. 25 years of delays, 25 years of being denied, 25 years of depression. Almost half of my life has been spent fighting the VA, Hughes said, only to find out two years ago that I'm terminally ill and I'm going to die here very soon. Hughes said his fight isn't over until all his brothers and sisters get their health care. That is why he spoke at the event, to support honoring the PACT Act. I am sick and tired of the crumbs elected officials throw at our feet like we are pigeons in a park, Hughes said. Air Force veteran Kevin Hensley served eight deployments in the Middle East. Four of the locations operated open-air burn pits. In 2017, Henley was diagnosed with chronic bronchitis, a terminal lung disease. Like Hughes, he carried a portable oxygen tank with him. In 2018, he was diagnosed with toxic encephalitis, a toxic brain injury. A SPECT scan showed Hensley's brain was nearly 90% deprived of blood flow. To Senator McConnell and Paul and all the members in the United States Senate, veterans from Iraq and Afghanistan and other locations are sick and dying and have been poisoned in our service to our nation. Hensley said this is not a Republican or Democrat issue. It is a veteran and American issue. He urges people to call and email their senators, supporting the PACT Act. The Senators have to know that American people will see where they stand, and they will see if they only support the troops until the troops need support, Stewart said. Because the stories you heard today are the tip of the iceberg of the suffering that our veterans community undergoes, and our government continues to put up obstacles to their care and to their well-being. Tough slog for young Villa Madonna Walton Verona softball in All-A Classic. It's the classic weekend that Kentucky's All-A teams look forward to every spring. Eight boys' basketball teams meet up in Richmond at EKU to decide who has the best small school basketball program. Meanwhile, in Owensboro, 16 girls' softball teams do the same in a different format. But what of these means more if you look at the reality here. Because in baseball, at least three of the All-A state finalists this weekend, Danville, Owensboro Catholic, and beechwood will have a real shot next month when the KHSAA baseball tournament takes place, as they've shown over the years. For some reason, and no one has been able to explain this to us, that's not the story on the girls' side. This weekend in Owensboro, when they opened with three games Saturday in four-team pool play before Sunday's semifinals and finals, it's pretty much all she wrote. Check out the scores around the state. The difference between the big schools and small schools in softball are stark. Double-digit losses and games ended in three innings are not at all unusual. David Meyer, who has had the Villa Madonna program humming along in the nine seasons he's coached the Vikings after starting the baseball program there, puts it this way about the difficulty for small schools to compete in softball. The big schools cut more players than we have on our roster, which is up from 11 a year ago when the Vikings headed to Owensboro to 12 today for the return trip. But there is a caveat here. Of those 12, six are in the 7th, 8th, and 9th grades. That's both the good and bad news about small school softball, Meyer says. Young kids get a chance to develop the experience they need at an early age. His daughter Camden is a senior listed at three positions in her ninth, yes, ninth season on the roster. She was grandfathered in as a fourth grader when I started coaching, Meyer said. That wouldn't be possible now that the rules have changed. But youth is a mark of the two North Kentucky teams headed downstate. At 10th region champion Walton Verona, first-year coach Natalie Meadows started as a seventh grader for the Bearcats herself. We're really young, says Meadows, who started two eighth graders Saturday in a triple header when the 9 7 Bearcats won one game against pool partners Lynn Camp, a 7 6 victory, with losses against Russellville, 10 0, and Owensboro Catholic, 15 1. We've got two pretty seasoned pitchers, Meadows was saying of sophomore Danielle Oldfield and senior Audley Pollard, but that overall youth makes it tough competition against the state's best. Much the same as the Vikings, 9 and 3, as they headed to Owensboro, who were still sitting at number three in the RPI in the ninth region among all schools after romping through the All-A Classic here by an average score of 14-5. But after a week off for spring break, the margin was flipped in a 15-0 loss to a Campbell County program with nearly 600 more girls to choose from than the 96 at VMA. The hope was that the two Vikings pitchers, 7th grader Cam Kratzer and senior Jocelyn Thornberry, would keep up their All-A dominance against the VMA pool downstate, but not County Central, Carlisle County, and Lexington Christian were just way too much for the young Vikings. Neither pitcher is overpowering, but they throw strikes, Meyer said, and Krasner is a threat to the plate with a four fifty five batting average behind only his daughter Camden's five twenty-eight. I think people are more supportive than surprised, Krasner says of her varsity success at a junior high age. As to which side of the game is her favorite, hitting or pitching, the grade schooler says it depends. I've put much work into both. I like them equally, but it's whatever we need to win a particular game. For Jocelyn, who fits softball into a senior schedule that also has her working as a server at La Rosa's, it's her first time starting in the circle for VMA since she began playing as a sixth grader. I think it's going to be a major learning experience for us, she said of the All A Classic Challenge. We're a young team. This should help us with our mentality as a team. Putting Northern Kentucky back into Cupcat basketball schedule next season. Remember that one of the points of discussion last basketball season was how only seven teams Lowest in-region number for a number one team of any of Kentucky's 16 regions on Covington Catholic's 30-game basketball schedule were from the ninth region. We were avoiding the big bad Colonels with their inside pair of six-foot-eight All-Stater Mitchell Riley and six-six, 230-pound junior Chandler Starks. Well, with both gone—Riley off to Miami of Ohio and Starks back home to Cincinnati's Anderson High to play football—the Colonels will look a lot different next season. So will their schedule, as the number of Northern Kentucky teams playing the Colonels has almost doubled. From 7 to 13 next season, they are Simon Kenton, St. Henry, Holy Cross, Newport Central Catholic, Beechwood, Connor, Holmes, Highlands, Lloyd, Cooper, Campbell County, Dixie Heights, and Ryle. And this time, the big shoe will be on the other foot with Holy Cross, Lloyd, and Cooper, among others having the big guys up front that CuffCath once had. Looks like a season that should be all sorts of fun based on the returning talent led by the likes of CuffCath explosive guard Evan Ipsaro, Holy Cross swingman Jacob Meyer, the state's leading scorer. But the big men in CuffCath's game will be on the other side with the trio of Lloyd sophomore E.J. Walker, who might well play at 6'7 next year, Holy foot 6'10 senior Sam Gibson, and Cooper's 6'9 Caleb Brooks. Should be fun, just saying. Enquire Ending Weekly Newspapers in Northern Kentucky and Ohio Subscribers to the Campbell County Recorder received a letter this week notifying them that the May 26th issue would be the last. The publication, a weekly product of the Cincinnati Enquirer, will disappear along with all the other weeklies in Northern Kentucky and Ohio, Enquirer Executive Editor Beryl Love confirmed to link NKY. More details would be made available next week after notices are published in other local weeklies, he said. In its letter to Campbell County Recorder subscribers, the Enquirer said to expect refunds on any remaining balances and to consider subscriptions to its other products, like the print edition of the main newspaper and its digital site. The Enquirer publishes weekly recorder or community press editions serving specific communities or parts of the Cincinnati Metro, including Campbell, Kenton, and Boone County. Covington officer suspended for sharing video of himself drinking alcohol off-duty before crash. After allegedly sharing video of himself drinking alcohol at his birthday celebration, an off-duty Covington police officer ran a stop sign and crashed his personal vehicle into a guardrail in a residential neighborhood in Villa Hills. A Villa Hills police investigation found Devin Harris was going about 30 miles per hour February 8th when he drove headfirst into the guardrail. Harris, a Covington police officer since December 2020, told police he was checking his phone when he wrecked in a residential neighborhood near Benedictine Sisters of St. Wahlberg Monastery. On Villa Hill's police body camera video, Harris insisted that he didn't pass out while driving. Harris declined the I-team's request for comment Prior to the collision, Officer Harris sent a Snapchat video of his consumption of alcohol as part of his celebration of his birthday, Covington Police Chief Robert Nader wrote in a March 1st order. Covington Police Chief Robert Nader wrote, in a March 1st order suspending Harris for one day. Many members of the police department observed such videos. Harris's suspension order doesn't reveal what time Harris posted those videos on the night he crashed. Nader declined to say how many Covington officers saw Harris's Snapchat videos and which officers received the videos. Villa Hill's police chief, Brian Allen, insisted that his officers investigating the February 8th crash were not aware that Harris had allegedly been drinking alcohol and sharing video of it with other police officers before he crashed. We didn't have enough probable cause to file charges, Villa Hill's police chief Brian Allen told the WCPO9I team during a telephone interview. Police records show Harris had deep lacerations on his face and head following the wreck. An EMS crew transported him to University of Cincinnati Medical Center. Villa Hill's officers didn't observe evidence at the crash scene that Harris was under the influence of alcohol or drugs when he wrecked, according to the police collision report. If Villa Hill's police department officers had known Harris shared a video of himself allegedly drinking prior to the crash, Allen said, they would have handled the case differently. It probably would have given us probable cause to request a search warrant for Harris's blood to see if he was intoxicated, Allen said. The Covington internal investigation was never shared with me. In an email, Nader told the I-team he learned about Harris's video the day after the accident. Your questions appear to be wondering whether the officer was impaired at the time of the accident and whether the social media post seen after the fact would prove that. Nader wrote in the email, See the Villa Hills Police Report in which the officers who investigated the wreck described their firsthand observations of the scene, including any evidence to suggest alcohol influence. In the court of law, their observations are key. Allen said the decision to not charge Harris was made after consulting with Kenton County Attorney's Office. We were not a party to any decision-making, Kenton County Attorney Office Executive Director Susan Topmother wrote in an email to the I-Team. The Kenton County Attorney's Office was unaware of any of the events relating to the crash of Mr. Devin Harris until helping process an open records request made by WCPO to Kenton County Dispatch on March 7, 2022. That was our only interaction in this case. Police records show Harris wrecked around 11.20 p.m. at the intersection of Amsterdam and Collins Road. The T intersection requires all traffic to stop at a stop sign. Harris was driving on the 900 block of Collins Road, a straight, flat residential neighborhood street. It was wet, but the weather was clear. Officers did not consider road conditions a factor in the crash. The guardrail running along Amsterdam Road may have prevented Harris from plunging into a lake on the other side. A neighborhood resident called 911 to report the crash and Harris's need for urgent medical attention for serious face and head lacerations. Within minutes, six Villa Hills officers, a Kenton County Sheriff's deputy, and two Covington officers arrived at the scene of the one-vehicle wreck late on a Tuesday night. Allen said Harris didn't receive that much police attention because he's an officer. We treat every accident the same, Allen said. On Villa Hills Police body camera video, Harris is heard repeatedly screaming for Sean. I need Sean Dooley, please, Harris tells another Villa Hills officer. I need Sean now. Sean Dooley is one of the Villa Hills officers who responded to the wreck. Police body camera video shows Dooley running to Harris and trying to calm and comfort Harris. Harris, I got you, dude, Dooley told Harris. Dooley is listed on Villa Hills Police records as the investigator of the crash. The I-team was unable to determine if Dooley and Harris were friends or just acquaintances through police work in nearby communities. Allen insisted Dooley's relationship with Harris didn't create a conflict for Dooley. It doesn't mean he can't do the report, Allen said. He, Harris, was calling for someone he knew, and we comforted him until EMS got there. In Harris's Covington suspension order, Nader wrote, Villa Hills Police determined the factor that caused the collision was texting and driving, which is a violation of KRS 189.292. But Allen said officers couldn't charge Harris with texting while driving because officers didn't see him do it. Body camera video shows Harris repeatedly asking Dooley to get him his phone. Just get me my phone, bro, Harris said to Dooley on body camera video. Body camera video shows Dooley finding Harris's phone under the smashed windshield of Harris's car. Dooley gave Harris's phone to a paramedic after the EMS crew put Harris in an ambulance. Here, put this with his stuff, Dooley said. Don't let him have that right now. Allen said he wasn't concerned that officers didn't check the phone for evidence, text, photos, or video before retrieving it for Harris. There was no reason for us to hold the phone, Allen said. At 10.33 a.m. the day after Harris crashed, Villa Hills Sergeant Tyler Brockman sent a text message to other Villa Hill's officers. Per the chief, do not disseminate or discuss the collision from last night involving an off-duty officer with outside agencies or people. All information will need to be put out by myself or chief. Evidently, some officers were talking about the accident, they didn't need to be talking about it, Alan said. The I-Team left a request for comment on Dooley's voicemail. Dooley followed a police department orders and didn't respond to our request. Allen insisted his department handled the case like any other one-vehicle accident. Officer Harris crashed his car three weeks after the Covington Police Department honored him as Employee of the Month of November 2021. Harris was recognized for his response to a shooting and for enabling the peaceful surrender of the suspect. Our goal is to help our officers, especially our young officers, toward a productive and successful career, Nader wrote in his email to the I-Team. We are happy Officer Harris recovered and is currently working to help the citizens and the businesses of the city of Covington. Massey joins AOC and Squad in vote against Russian Asset Seizure Bill. Earlier this week, Representative Thomas Massey voted against the Asset Seizure for Ukraine Reconstruction Act which is a symbolic bill that called on President Joe Biden to seize already frozen assets of oligarchs connected to Russian President Vladimir Putin. Massey joined Republicans Marjorie Taylor Greene, Madison Cawthorn, and Chip Roy in unusual circumstances. These Republicans were also joined by the squad, which is Democratic Representatives Elon Omar, Rashida Tlaib, Cory Bush, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Massey said he voted against the bill because giving that power to the president is not healthy. Giving Joe Biden unilateral authority to seize property in the United States without any due process sets a dangerous and disturbing precedent, Massey said. Massey's Democratic opponent, the 4th Congressional District, Matt Lehman, likened the longtime Kentucky incumbent as Putin's best friend in Congress. Extremism is extreme regardless of the party, Lehman said. Kentuckians support Ukrainians fighting for their lives and for their communities the United States will seize ill-gotten assets of Russian oligarchs to help fund Ukraine's defense. Kentucky will do its part to remove the extremist Tom Massey from office this November. And those are the stories we're following for May 2nd, 2022. For more on these stories and other news, please visit linknky.com.